I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and in this video Bible class, we are back into the book of Titus, and I want to remind us that this is from God through Paul to Titus and for our learning and response today. Now, there is an emphasis on sound doctrine in this epistle, and that means teaching from God that enables us to be spiritually healthy and alive, but it must not be adjusted or edited by men. We have, in the New Testament, sound doctrine to inform and motivate us to enable us to be spiritually healthy and spiritually alive, but this teaching must not be adjusted or edited by men. I'm going to read now from Titus chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. I hope you have your Bible and you're following along. Titus 1, 10 through 16. For there are many who are subordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. That's the reading of Titus chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. I want to start our class with this observation from the first verse of the book of Titus. I want us to go back and remember that phrase, knowledge of the truth. Over in the first verse in chapter 2, there's another phrase what accords with sound doctrine. See, that's the theme. It gets our attention through the repetition all through the book of Titus, sound doctrine, teaching from God. I'll tell you this, and I'm certain of it. You cannot become a Christian without instruction from God called the knowledge of the truth, sound doctrine. I'll tell you this, and I'm certain of it. After you become a Christian, you cannot live as a faithful Christian without learning the truth God has revealed and living your life in accordance with that sound doctrine. Now, that's not just something we have decided to emphasize at Laurel Heights. When we speak of Bible authority and sound doctrine and following the pattern, we got that from the New Testament. 
It is set forth clearly by Paul here in the book of Titus. We studied what Paul wrote about elders in the previous video class. And according to verse 9, they are charged with the task of rebuking those who contradict sound doctrine. So we've got our hands on the primary theme. Throughout Titus, what God has revealed through the apostles, his written will that we have in this book is sound doctrine for us. And it's the only way we can be spiritually healthy and alive and have the hope of eternal life. But not everyone in the time and place of Titus held allegiance to sound doctrine from God. Verse 10, for there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. We well understand that in every generation, there are some who are rebellious toward God and his word. People who are insubordinate toward God and his word people who are empty talkers and deceivers. But in Paul's time and Titus' time in the first century, there was a specific group called the Circumcision Party. The Circumcision Party. Understanding this, this divisive group, will help us all through Titus and in other parts of the New Testament. So let's talk for a few minutes about the circumcision party mentioned here in Titus 1 verse 10. This is not about the common modern medical procedure. This is about powerful men in the first century who would not let go of the law of Moses or of their particular form of Judaism even after Christ came and died. Men of such intense attachment to Jewish culture and Jewish tradition, even though they may have been baptized into Christ, they continued to hold on to that and to enforce on people and teach the necessity of the law of Moses. You can read more about that in the book of Galatians and in Acts chapter 15, these powerful Jewish men who were not in real genuine allegiance to sound doctrine, what God revealed through the apostles. They were in allegiance to their form of Jewish religion, and they became known as the circumcision party, mentioned in Galatians and also in Philippians chapter 3. These false teachers were in Crete, and they were trying to enforce their traditions on people as necessary for fellowship with God, even though God didn't make it necessary. God didn't make circumcision of men necessary anymore. These Jewish false teachers did. Remember, when Jesus came and died and established his church, the animal sacrifices the rituals and ordinances of the law of Moses became obsolete. 
not necessary for fellowship with God, therefore not essential to be a Christian, not essential to be faithful to God. Those of the circumcision party ignored that, held to the law of Moses and the Jewish culture, and they troubled Christians about all this. For instance, they held to certain dietary laws, and they were telling people that their dietary laws were necessary to be saved, to be in fellowship with God. They claimed to be following the laws of the Old Testament, but they had attached themselves to their traditions, rules of their own. They preached and they spread this agenda. In the context of Titus chapter 1, Paul is responding to all of that. See, what is necessary is the sound doctrine of Christ revealed through the apostles. Without addition or supplement from any religious party and without any Mosaic law, and elders in the first century had to stand against the militant pressure of these men, known as the circumcision party. So what is essential is the knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, and qualified elders who rebuke men like those in the circumcision party. Verse 10, there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. Concerning these false teachers who want to add their favored ordinances and traditions to the gospel, verse 11 says, they must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. We need to be very clear about what was happening as described in the book of Titus here. Deceivers who were adding something to the gospel, saying circumcision was necessary, were doing this for their own gain, and they were upsetting whole families. False teaching is not just something preachers and elders deal with. When the sound doctrine God gave us is ignored or denied, when men think they can add something to it or change it, and when that deception targets families and churches, it should be clear to us everybody must face the danger and we must face it clearly and we must do all we can to respond to it. Everybody must learn to use the Word of God to discern, to know when sound doctrine has been ignored. This whole section is a strong argument for good sound preaching and teaching and faithful leaders, but also the discipline and discernment of every Christian and parents protecting their families from religious error. When men, for their own gain, begin to teach what they ought not to teach, it is a threat every Christian needs to respond to. Verse 12 is an intriguing statement we'll spend a few minutes with. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, 
lazy gluttons. Two things need to be said about the Cretan prophet Paul is quoting. One, we have no evidence that he was inspired. The word prophet was often used of anyone who spoke publicly or became a commentator on human conduct in some community or culture. Two, Paul does not sign on to this prophet's overgeneralization. I believe Paul's purpose is to show the state or reputation of that culture in Crete. No wonder there were false teachers there. No surprise. There were deceivers there working for their own gain, upsetting whole families by their false teaching. Crete was known for an absence of ethics. And so Paul says, this testimony is true. It was a bad place and a hard place for a church to grow. Here is what Titus is to do. Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Remember, we talked about this word rebuke earlier. It is not just expressing your personal disgust or dislike or anger. It is the use of sound doctrine to expose what is not sound doctrine. And with this exposure, to challenge the people to be sound in the faith. Adding verse 14, <clears throat> not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. Verse 14 describes the agenda of the circumcision party. They were attached to Judaism, the culture, the religion, not just what was written in the Old Testament, though they said that's what they were following, but all the human additions and supplements of ritual and tradition. Notice the commands of people. The people have no authority to command. These Judaizers had no authority to command men to be circumcised, but they did this, and in so doing, turned people away from the truth. 15 and 16. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit, for any good work. This could be a troublesome passage, but if we observe context carefully, the difficulty disappears. Here's what we know going into verse 15. The issue, the false teaching on the island of Crete was the agenda of the circumcision party. We know that from verse 10. And as the rest of the New Testament informs us, these were men who spoke of relationship to God in terms of external rituals they favored, like circumcision, and also their religious dietary rules that Paul brought up back in 1 Timothy. Keeping that in mind, my understanding of verse 15 is, if you are pure, pure in heart, through Christ, in fellowship with God, 
all things are pure. That is, there is no food that takes you away from God. This is the very thing Jesus taught in Mark chapter 7. Jesus said, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. There were food restrictions under the law of Moses, but Acts chapter 10 shows their removal under Christ. Let me say it like this. If you are a Christian, right with God through Christ and pure and sincere of heart, if you eat shrimp, it doesn't take you out of fellowship with God. And I think that's what Jesus was getting at in Mark 7, Paul in 1 Timothy 4 verse 4, and here again in Titus chapter 1. Those of the circumcision party were wrong when they alleged that the external rituals were matters of fellowship. So the next part, to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. If you are corrupt, lost, and sinful from the inside out, following a man-made religious diet will not save you. Or following a man-made surgical procedure that's being man-made and imposed in terms of fellowship, that will not save you. Paul, in verse 15, is hitting one of the dimensions of the agenda of the circumcision party. Bringing us to verse 16. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. The false teachers who needed rebuke, the advocates of Judaism, claimed or professed to know God. Some may have been baptized, but by their works, they gave no evidence of really knowing God. Being hypocrites, Paul rebukes them. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Wrap-ups. Rebuke which is righteously conceived and given is of great value. Seeking to save the false teacher and protect those who are being deceived by him. Verse 11 signals parents, use the word of God, sound doctrine to protect your family. In verse 14, the commands of people, that's a phrase that really describes human religious creeds and manuals, man-made religious law. We have God-made religious law. That's what we need. We are challenged to make certain that our profession and our practice constitute knowing God and abiding in sound doctrine. Thank you for watching this video.